Welcome to Bar Fights with attorney and advocate Sarah Klein. Taking on issues that matter and advocating for legal, cultural, and political change everywhere in order to protect children and vulnerable adults. Joining the conversation are survivors, advocates, lawyers, media personalities, athletes, celebrities, authors, wellness aficionados, and many more. Because bringing real justice takes a team of experts who care. Now, leading the fight is your host, Sarah Klein. Hi everyone, welcome to Bar Fights. My name is Sarah Klein, and for those who don't know me, I'm an attorney and advocate at Manley, Stewart, and Finaldi, the nation's leading law firm for sexual abuse cases. I am also a former competitive gymnast and one of the first known victims of former Olympic women's gymnastics doctor who shall remain nameless because I think I'm just done saying his name. So enough of that. Um, Each week on Bar Fights, we're taking on issues that matter with a ton of great experts. And my intention for starting this show was to inform and inspire the listeners and to introduce you guys to some of my favorite people. And we're going to be talking about a whole variety of different topics, not just sexual abuse. And given that this is our second episode, last week we had Olympic champion Jamie Dancher, who was a rock star. And today, my hope for this episode is to leave you guys feeling supported on your forgiveness journeys. Um, As I know from personal experience, it is absolutely never a straight line. It's a couple steps forward, dozens of steps back, a couple steps to the side, Um, just totally something that we like yoga kind of get on the mat and just need to practice every day. And we're going to get into that um, later in the show. So my guest today has had a huge impact on my forgiveness journey, as well as my mommy journey. Um, I have a huge girl crush on her and I can't even, I'm like looking at her face right now and I'm like, how are you so stinking beautiful? Um, (laughs) Catherine Schwarzenegger Pratt is a New York Times bestselling author, host of the most awesome Instagram series that I'm addicted to called BDA baby before, during, and after baby. Um, she's an animal advocate, daughter, sister, wife, and most importantly, she is a new ish mama as well (laughs) as a step mama. Um, her latest book, the gift of forgiveness is an inspiring must read. And I'm not just saying that because I'm in it. Um, (laughs) she interviews 22 people who have worked so hard and are still working so hard to overcome unforgivable and unimaginable experiences. Catherine Schwarzenegger Pratt, welcome to my show. Hi, how are you? Oh my gosh. I'm totally freaking out. I actually have (laughs) butterflies in my stomach, right? Oh my God, you're so funny. I love this. I'm so happy for you that you're doing this podcast and so proud of you. And I think this is so exciting. I mean, not only being um, another mom recently to another little beautiful girl, but just all that you're doing is just so important and impactful in the world. And I'm excited to just be here talking to you and, and be able to support you in any way that I can, because I think all that you're doing is so awesome and, and exciting. So congratulations to you. 
Aw, thank you. Um, so the first thing I want to tell you, which I have not told you yet, but now that I can look at your face and tell you this, when you first, first reached out to me about being one of the chapters of the book, I was still sort of in the middle of what I call like the ring of fire. Some people mm-hmm. call it the storm. Um, but I had not walked out the other side yet. And being interviewed by you and having to really think about some of these hard questions really sort of nudged me to look in the mirror and and decide how I was going to come out of trauma. Um, And so this book has been literally my constant companion as I have navigated my journey. And I read my chapter back and I'm like, yes, I totally agree with everything I said and I wouldn't change a thing, but I don't know that I was actually there yet um, Mm -hmm. when we were talking about it. And so I just want to formally thank you for being a huge catalyst in my healing process. Oh, of course. I'm, I'm glad that, um, that it is something that still is um, a tool and a guide in your forgiveness journey. And I think as you were saying before in your introduction, it's forgiveness is a journey. So even if you were there then and you're not there now, that's okay. Um, And that's why I think that forgiveness is such an interesting topic is because, you know, everyone can say, that in today's moment that you are living in a place of forgiveness and tomorrow you have setbacks and that that's just part of this crazy forgiveness journey and how we all handle it and welcome it into our lives differently. So I think that just being honest about it is such a huge gift that you're giving to other people as well, because it's so relatable. Yeah, totally. And right when we think we've arrived, (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know, we get knocked (laughs) on our asses again, right? And it's like, holy shit, I have to start over. Um, Mm -hmm. I thought I was there and now I'm pissed or I'm devastated or, you know, I'm, you know, feeling super vulnerable and I don't like that feeling. Um, And so, like you said, it is such a journey. So, I've read this book a million times. I know why you wrote it. I read the first chapter, right? Um, Or the intro. Can you just tell our listeners um, succinctly sort of what happened in your life that inspired you to kind of dig into this topic of forgiveness? Of course. Yeah. I mean, I, I think my original reasoning for writing this book and just being interested in the topic of forgiveness was just my um, inability to practice forgiveness and also realizing in my early twenties or mid twenties that I didn't really know what forgiveness meant to me in my life. I had, um, you know, several different moments in my life leading up to this point that I felt like I struggled with forgiveness and I didn't really know what it meant. And then I had a really big falling out with, um, my former best friend that was really traumatizing for me and in the forgiveness, uh, practice and the forgiveness journey. And I felt that I was really struggling with it. And, um, and so I wanted to just explore it. And I also, it was funny because I didn't even really intend on exploring it in a book way, but I started talking to people about how hard forgiveness was and, um, and just my experience and journey with it. And then I slowly realized that whenever I would talk to somebody about it, that their forgiveness journey would, you know, if they were in the middle of it, if they, you know, were not interested in practicing it, or if they were on the other side of it it would come blubbering out of everybody. And it was one of those topics we don't talk that much about 
to people that we've known forever and also to new people, of course, because it's really complicated and challenging. And when I started talking to people about it, I was so surprised and empowered at at what people were saying. And it really helped me in my own journey. And I felt that if I was having these moments of being helped in my forgiveness journey, just by listening to other people's stories and experiences and struggles that, uh, there are so many other people that could be also helped by hearing other people's stories. So I, um, I pitched it as a book and then started just really reaching out to people that I felt, uh, whose stories and experiences would be helpful and empowering for other people to hear and reached out to people like yourself to see if people would be willing to talk to me about, you know, one of the most private and complicated and challenging topics that we come face to face with in our lives. And forgiveness is one of those topics that, you know, it's, it, it comes uh, and it affects every single person. So it's not like any of us are spared from not coming face to face with the opportunity to forgive. And again, we all have such different and unique relationships with it, but it is something that affects all of us. And so, um, I, I felt really, and I still to this day, just feel so grateful to you and to everybody who wanted to be in this book, because it was like every you and and everyone who was in this book really chose to be a part of it, knowing how complicated and important the topic of forgiveness is, and also how important it is to share your experience and, um, and your journey and your struggles with it, with the idea that if you can help just one person feel less alone in their journey, that your story and your time will have served its purpose. And that's really my goal with this book. And and my intention with writing it was just that, like, if I put this book together and, um, and I feel like I've benefited so much from doing the research for this book, but if I put the book together and put it out and it helps one person feel empowered to go out into their day and say, I want to forgive and I want to move forward in my life and not carry around that weight every single day, then I feel like I did a job well done. Um, and so that's really why I wanted to write the book is just to kind of have that, um, that kind of helping and guiding light for people when it comes to this topic and, um, and really got interested in it just from my own struggles and inability to practice it. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Right. And that's sort of where the, the, the best ideas are born, sort of that physician heal thyself kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Um, and so we're typically drawn towards things where we most need to sort of swim around for our own emotional journeys. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. So there's a, a sentence that you wrote in the book that has moved me literally to tears every time um, I read it. And I'm going to try not to cry on this episode because I cried on the first episode. So I can't get that <laughs> reputation um, <laughs> as a new podcast host of like the girl who cries every time she has somebody on. Um, so I'm going to try not to choke up when I read it. But It says, no one can tell you how to process a hurt like yours, what it will mean to you or how it will affect your world. And when I heard that as somebody who was in the middle of a storm, you giving me that permission um, to say, no one can tell you how to process this. There's no right way 
or wrong way. It's Mm -hmm. just your way. Mm-hmm. And it is going to be a journey. I think for so long, I, I was looking to other people to be like, okay, what, well, what does she think about Larry Nassar? And what does she think about, you know, and I heard, heard women in their, in their testimonies sort of condemning him to hell and you should rot and all this stuff. And that just didn't feel right to me. Um, it didn't sit with me. And so when you gave me permission to kind of say, no one can tell you how to process this. It's your process. That was liberating. And you talk about like the weight we carry on our shoulders. That just took like about 50 pounds off my shoulders, just reading that one sentence. And I came back to it over and over um, when I was being hard on myself about kind of how do I navigate this? So um, for the listeners, like write that down and tape it up on your mirror um, and read it every day. And we are giving you and Catherine's giving you permission to process this however you need to. And there is no right way. Yeah. I mean, I think that, thank you for saying that. I also think that like, you know, um, while you are so kind to give me credit to do that, uh, or to, you know, have had that effect on you with that, that line and that sentence, the reality is, is that if you had read that sentence to yourself years prior, it wouldn't have hit the same way. And, um, and so something about reading that at the point in your life that you read it, you really allowed yourself and you gave yourself permission to feel those things and to also, uh, give yourself permission to heal in whichever way you choose to heal in and have the understanding that, you know, um, today you might feel totally great and you might be able to forgive and you want to be gentle with yourself that tomorrow you could have, you know, the totally opposite feeling and opposite, um, understanding of, of what forgiveness might be in your life and that that's okay. So while I, I may have, you know, written that and I did, and, and I of course meant it, I do think that, you know, you, it's important to acknowledge that in this journey and also, you know, after two years of talking about this, since the first time that we talked about it for the book that, you know, you've come so far in your forgiveness journey and your understanding of forgiveness. And that line hits differently to you because of your position in it. And also your ability to actually sit and take in that line that maybe you would not have been able to take in five, 10, 15 years ago. So, um, I think that gives yourself a lot of credit in, in your ability to give yourself permission to, you know, feel the way you want to feel, heal the way you want to heal and forgive and struggle with forgiveness the way that you choose to do it. And that's always my goal with this conversation. And with this book is to always let people know that, you know, I'm not an expert on forgiveness. I am a student of forgiveness. And I also would never tell somebody hurry up and forgive because I feel like we've all been told that on certain situations in certain moments. And it sucks to hear that. And it's also like, yeah, that's easier said than done, especially when you're dealing with something as in as incredibly painful as what you went through. And this idea that you're giving yourself permission to forgive on your own time is I think so empowering and also so freeing to know that there isn't a timeline on how much, you know, how long it should take you to forgive or how long it should take you to move forward. And, and also, you know, in this idea of being gentle with yourself, knowing that waking up one day and saying that your goal is to forgive is such a huge step in your forgiveness journey. 
and how you get there and your journey to getting there is totally up to you. It can take a week. It can take a day. It can take 30 years and that's okay. Um, and another big thing that I just learned from doing this book was that because you make the decision to forgive today does not mean that, you know, there aren't going to be trigger moments. And I know that you and I have talked a lot in the past two years, just about trigger moments. And there have been plenty in the past two years that have been trigger moments for you and you use your voice and, um, and in your career and in your job to take those trigger moments and make positive change in the world and in other people's lives, which is such an incredible outlet and way of, of, of using your pain for good. And also knowing that those trigger moments can cause you to be angry and upset and feel hurt and, and broken. And it's all about feeling them, accepting them, and then being able to work your way back to a place of forgiveness. So I think that when I, when I heard that and also had that understanding of the process of forgiveness, it was so much more empowering to me to really sit with the subject of forgiveness and know that it's not something that has to be one and done. And, you know, you can never have a moment of being upset about something again. It's really just feeling out how you want to feel it. And, um, and also just being kinder to yourself in this journey of life with the topic of forgiveness, because for a lot of us, it isn't a one and done thing for some people it is, and that's amazing, but for a lot of people it isn't. And, and that's okay. Totally, totally. And, and something you said sort of begged the question in my mind, which I think is something for us to talk about. Why do we want to forgive, right? Why is forgiveness even important, right? And something Elizabeth Smart said in the first chapter of the book, where she said, forgiveness is an act of self-love, mm-hmm. right? Like to me, that was like, wow, like we aren't necessarily doing it for the other person. And I think about parenting my daughter, right. And, you know, you did this, go say, sorry, you know, what are we teaching them about, you know, or this person did this, they need to apologize, but what does, what, why do we even aspire to forgive someone? And, and the way she put it in terms of self-love made perfect sense to me. Were there like aha moments for you as you interviewed these, these other 21 people, um, Mm -hmm. in the book about their stories, were there things that jumped out at you that maybe you hadn't even thought about, about why it's important to sort of take this backpack of, of carrying resentment or anger or some of those feelings, why it's important to take that off or at least lighten the load. Well, I think for me, and you just mentioned this, the idea of forgiveness, not being something that has to be between two people or many people, um, that was a big switch for me because again, you grow up and and you're little and you're, you know, on the playground and you, you're, you know, an adult says, go say sorry. And the other person says, sorry. And you, you know, hug makeup and it's fine. And that's how we really start learning about forgiveness. And I don't think that that's wrong at all because that's, you know, when you're little and things are so, uh, so easy and, and small, it's, it, that makes sense. And that's very, a very simple way to teach kids about forgiveness. It's really about understanding that forgiveness is, it evolves and it changes as you get older and taking a moment to really understand what that means to you in your life that I did not do. And, um, and that's really where my interest came was like, okay, I learned about this in kindergarten and elementary school, but like, 
it's so much more complicated now. And I can't just go and say like, Hey, do you want to sit down and like have a quick conversation about it? And then just hug and make up and go out in our lives and pretend everything's okay. It's obviously so much um, harder than that. So I think really making the big shift and distinction to me when doing this book and, and this came from talking to, to the people in this book, it was really understanding that like, okay, you don't have to sit down with another person and say, I forgive you or have them ask for your forgiveness. It can really be just you saying, I want to practice forgiveness. I want to forgive and I want to move forward in my life. And that was really exciting to me and really empowering to me because I think for a lot of people who um, have had something with another person that maybe the idea of, of sitting across from them or waiting for someone to ask for forgiveness can be really um, just not a really realistic scenario. And so to be able to be empowered and to feel empowered to do that on your own is, um, is a really, I think, a great shift in someone's understanding of forgiveness and really also making the distinction that it's not you giving someone a gift of forgiveness. It's you giving yourself the gift of forgiveness. And the reason why I think, you know, we want to practice forgiveness is, um, and giving ourselves the gift of forgiveness is not only to move on in our lives from the pain and hurt in our past, or if it's in your present, but I, I watched this video that, um, that I always refer to, but it's it, one of the women that are, that's in this book that I interviewed Nadia Bowles Weber. She did this video on forgiveness and it really was an aha moment for me with my understanding of forgiveness. And my mom had sent it to me because she saw it online and she sent it to me. And it was when I was trying to see whether or not I wanted to actually do this book. And if I was able to do this book and she sent me this video and I was like, okay, I can do this book. And the way that Nadia talked about forgiveness was, you know, we have these chains that are attached to people or situations or instances in our lives that have caused us so much pain and hurt and wanting to forgive is like taking bolt cutters and cutting are those chains and freeing ourselves from being attached to that situation, that anger, that hurt, or that person and saying to that person, what you did was so wrong and caused me so much pain that I no longer want to be attached to you. And I no longer want you to be a part of my life. And therefore I'm using these forgiveness bolt cutters and I'm going to free myself from that and from you. And I thought to me, and I, even when I like recall it, I still get like chills thinking about it because I think it's such an empowering way to look at forgiveness. And if you're one of those people that like myself thought forgiveness was something that was an act of weakness, almost like, Oh, you're going to forgive. That means you're basically saying that something was okay. Something that someone did to you, like, Oh, it's okay. It doesn't really matter. But actually looking at it, like saying like, no, it was so not okay that you did that, that actually, I don't want that to be a part of my life moving forward. And so I want to free myself and use these forgiveness, um, bolt cutters and free myself from that and go on in my life knowing that that was something that happened, but not wanting to bring it with me and drag it with me or, you know, have it chained to me in my amazing life moving forward. And so that, that video for me and that understanding of forgiveness really, um, really had such an impact on me and also my understanding of forgiveness and my desire to have forgiveness be a part of my life. And this idea that, you know, we don't need to drag those chains. We don't need to drag those people, those situations. and 
what a relief it is to be able to free yourself from that. Um, and again, not saying that you don't have moments that are trigger moments that have setbacks in your life, but just not having to really drag all of that with you every single day of your life when you wake up and try to live your life uh, every morning. So I think that that for me was a big shift and a big aha moment for sure. And my understanding of forgiveness and also just my desire to talk about this subject that's so complicated and, and do a book about it. Totally. And I think for so long too, I thought that forgiveness was like giving up like, okay, I'll forgive you. I give up the, you know, my feelings didn't matter. I'm just going to give up so we can, you know, sweep it under the rug or, you know, just move on and everybody can be happy. Um, and I say happy in quote in quotations. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, but then a shift for me too, in talking about this with you and reading the book was forgiveness is about taking our own power back. Right. And, and forgiving, is a, it can be a one person job. Like you Mm -hmm. said, it can be something that we do with ourselves by ourselves. We don't need the other person to be sitting there and them, you know, forgiving us and we're forgiving them. It's, it's an internal, it's an inside job, I guess it can be an inside job. And I think that's so, so awesome. Um, Can you speak a little bit about the idea of sort of trauma comparing, you know, what happened to you is so much worse than what happened to me that I should be able to forgive. If you can, if Elizabeth smart can forgive, then Mm -hmm. Sarah Klein can forgive. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, and I think I have found myself doing that a lot. Um, So can you speak a little bit about that? Did that come up in, in any of the interviews you did around this book? Yeah. I mean, I think that it comes up just in life in general. It's kind of like, you know, I mean, I even found myself doing it like, oh, I had a drama with my best friend. Like, and then I would talk to, you know, to you and to all these people in this book. And I'd be like, I can really get it together and forgive. And like, yes, that for a lot of people, um, that's, you know, a, a, a feeling where you can say like, okay, yes, that motivates me to forgive, which can be great. And also for a lot of people. And when I was, you know, talk this book, when it first came out and I was talking to people, I always said to people, I want you to read the stories in this book and sit with them and take them in and understand them. And a lot of them are really heavy and intense like yours. And, and, you know, you want to learn from them and really just soak everything in. And I also don't want people to sit there and say, oh, her pain was worse than mine or her trauma was worse than mine. And if she had such a horrible experience, it's not nearly as bad as mine. So what am I doing being upset about this? And, and, you know, I, I always want people to know that my goal is with sharing so many different people's stories and different situations and instances and, and levels of uh, severity is never to um, cause comparison, but it's to really allow people to hear different stories because sometimes one person's feeling on forgiveness strikes a different chord with you in your journey. And it could have nothing to do with your journey, but just the way they view it or their, their relationship with forgiveness hits you differently and has a different effect on you and, um, and can empower you to want to practice forgiveness. But I never want people to compare their level of hurt and pain because your level of hurt and pain, whatever level it is, 
is your level of hurt and pain. And that doesn't make it any less powerful or any more powerful than another person's um, level of, of, uh, of heartbreak or of pain or trauma. And everyone who, you know, who has had hurt in their life, that's their hurt. And that hurt is as big as, as they want their hurt to be. And it, and hits as deep as it is for them. And there should never be a situation in my opinion, where you're comparing pain levels. Um, because I personally just don't, I think that that leaves people feeling badly about, you know, about their situation and maybe their inability to move on or their inability to practice forgiveness in a second. And, uh, and, you know, in this book, there are people who practice forgiveness in the moment a situation happened. There are people who practice it years later, and there are people who, who sit there practicing it 30 years later. And I would say, I said to, um, to some people who practice it 30, 50 years later, do you wish you practice it sooner? And people's answers were like, no, cause I wasn't ready. And I think that that also is really, um, a really freeing thing to hear that, you know, you should do it and, and will do it whenever you are ready to do it. And there's no time limit on it. There's no time frame on it. Um, and to see how forgiveness has impacted people and to see and hear them talk about this sense of freedom and relief that they feel can be empowering for people to say like, I want that too in my life. I want to forgive. And maybe I want to forgive today and, and I start my journey today, but I never want people to read this book or listen to this conversation and say, oh my gosh, my pain is so minimal compared to that person. You can say, wow, that person really went through it. And they're so heroic to be able to forgive. And that inspires me to forgive. But I think when you get into a situation of comparing hurt or comparing pain, that just often leaves people feeling badly about whatever they experienced. And that's, that's never, um, that's never my goal. My goal is always to allow people to share their forgiveness journeys, be it huge and, and, you know, truly remarkable and leaves people just with their jaw on the floor. Um, and also something that might sound so small to someone, but really was a really big deal in someone else's life. So, um, just knowing that there are, you know, so many different experiences with forgiveness, so many journeys, so many, uh, struggles with it. And, and, you know, some people you'll talk to in your life that are still hung up on a comment that was made when they were in middle school. And, <laughs> and, and that, you know, has, has affected them for 40 years and they're still not over it. Yeah. So it's, you know, there are so many different, um, ways to look at forgiveness, relationships with forgiveness. Some people look at forgiveness as being a weakness, which I used to. Um, and now I look at it as a great strength and, uh, and people have to come to that on their own and their own journey and in their own life and experiences. And, um, yeah, <laughs> I love that. And, you know, something I always say is pain is pain is pain, right? Mm -hmm. And, and we can't get out of our own skin and crawl into somebody else's skin and psyche. Um, and so, you know, my pain, your pain, we're all going to have it. Our children are going to have it. And every single story matters. And if we could walk through life really with that kind of empathy and compassion for each other, that your pain is your pain and not better or worse than mine, I think the world would be a different place um, and a more loving and understanding place. 
for sure. Um, I completely love what you just said. And the comparing, the sort of trauma comparing can lead to shame. And Mm -hmm. shame is one of the ugliest things I think a person can experience. It never serves us in, in our journey. It never serves us in moving forward. And so, you know, for somebody to look at what I've been through or what somebody else has been through and and say to themselves, well, I should be able to snap out of this. I should be able to forgive because what happened to you is far worse. And then when they're not able to forgive or snap out of it, the shame and the beating themselves up is, is just, it's, it breaks my heart, right? Nobody Mm -hmm. should ever feel that way. And so for all of our listeners, you know, whatever pain you've experienced, whatever pain you are experiencing and whatever pain is to come for us in the future, pain is pain is pain. And your pain matters and your feelings matter and your journey is your journey, right? Um, Have you encountered anybody that has ever said, you know, well, something in my life happened to me and it's just unforgivable. Um, You know, that concept of some people feel like if they forgive justice isn't served and maybe they're punishing the other person by not forgiving them. What would you say to that person or what have you said to that person? Um, I, I actually thought about that a lot before this book came out. And, uh, and also when I was doing this book, because I would, you know, people would say like, Oh, what are you working on? And I'd say, I'm working on a book on forgiveness. And then of course, as you know, that leads into a whole variety of different conversations. Um, And, um, what I always would say to people, um, who say, you know, this happened to me and it's, I think it's unforgivable. And I would say, yeah, I'm sure it is unforgivable and that's okay. You can never forgive in your life. I'm never, I will never tell someone that they should forgive. They have to forgive because who am I to say that? absolutely nobody to say that. And I don't think anybody should say that to anybody. Um, I think you can share your experiences with forgiveness and share your feeling of, of, of freedom or of, um, empowerment and strength. And maybe that will resonate with somebody, but there are situations in people's lives that are unforgivable and that, um, that people say, you know, I had this situation happen to me. It's unforgivable and I cannot forgive. And I would say, I totally understand that. 100% totally understand that. Um, and so I, I totally, um, I, I get when people have those feelings and I get when people look at this book and say like, well, what if something happened to me? That's unforgivable. I actually, when this book was just about to come out, got into a really interesting conversation with rabbi Steve later, who I did a podcast episode with on forgiveness because him and I got into an argument at the dinner table because he was talking to me about, um, about forgiveness in Judaism. And, um, it was a view on forgiveness and an understanding of forgiveness that I hadn't heard. And, uh, and so him and I were going back and forth and he's like, you do not need to forgive. And I was like, but if you want to forgive, it's just like, it gives you so much freedom. And he's like, there are things that are unforgivable. And I was like, well, but are there, I mean, all these people that I just interviewed said that they practice forgiveness. And he was like, no, there are people cannot forgive. Like it's okay for people to not forgive. And so we were going back and forth about this and it was such a, um, 
it was so empowering to me to hear also the three different steps that you go through in Judaism to get to, uh, in your forgiveness journey. And, um, and there in this episode that, uh, that I did with him for a podcast I did on forgiveness, but, uh, he was so great and articulate about the way he explained it. And so whenever anybody says to me, like, there's something that I, I can't forgive, I say, like, I totally get it. And that's totally fine. Um, and the, the part of, you know, uh, of feeling like, I can't forgive or you're unable to forgive. I think that there are a lot of people, even in this book who say like, I'm on the journey of forgiveness. I don't know if I'm able to forgive. I want to forgive. I don't know how I'm going to forgive. I don't know how I'm going to get there. And some days, you know, for some people one day, some little thing happens and it causes them to go into a whole journey of forgiveness. And for other people, it's a lifelong journey as we were talking about before of just like, you know, struggling with it, dealing with it um, going back and forth on it. And, and that's totally okay. And that's, I think just part of, again, how complex and how complicated this topic of forgiveness really is. And also how unique it is to every single person in their own journey and in their own experiences with forgiveness. Um, so I, uh, I think that there are a lot of people who have had certain situations in their lives that are unforgivable. What that doesn't mean though, I think, and a lot of people will say this is if you choose to not forgive a situation, that doesn't mean that you can't live your life moving forward. There are, there was a big, um, point for me also when doing this book that we've all heard of this forgive and forget idea. And for me, I always was like, I can't forget what happened. And, um, And while I would love to be able to delete something or erase something from your memory, you can't do it. (laughs) And (laughs) there are a lot of people who will say, if you can't forgive and forget, you haven't really practiced forgiveness. And I strongly disagree with that. I think you can 100% forgive and not never forget. That doesn't mean that you need to wake up every single day and say, I'm going to still be angry and I'm going to carry this anger and I'm going to say I for, I've forgiven, but I'm still going to be angry and allow this situation to, you know, continue to be the leader of my day and my life moving every single day. I don't think that's part of it. I think you can say like, okay, I remember this situation, what this person did. I don't want it to be the reason that I live my life every single day or, you know, how I wake up every single morning, the first thing I think about and I can forgive them, but I don't have to forget what happened to me um, and, uh, or what happened for me. So I think that there are a lot of, of ways to look at that phrase. And that was also a big shift for me because I always struggled with this idea of forgiving and forgetting. And you hear about that so much, like you got to forgive and forget kind of a yeah. thing. And, and it was like, but how, how do you do that? <laughs> yeah. How do I go into my brain and hit the yeah. erase button? Like not possible. Yeah. You know? yeah. So that was like, to me, the idea that, that you didn't have to do that. It was something that I asked pretty much every single person in, in my interviews with people for this book was, do, do you believe that you have to forgive and forget, um, in order to practice forgiveness? And majority of people were like, no, that's not, you cannot do it. It's not possible you can forgive and, and not forget and still practice forgiveness. And I was like, Oh, oh. thank God. <laughs> thank God. And something yeah. you just said was such an aha moment 
for me, I think I've spent time when people say to me, you know, this thing happened or this person did something, it's unforgivable. I think I've spent time and energy trying to convince them that it is possible instead of just saying, you know, you're right. Like you said, some things are yeah. unforgivable and, and, it, and that's your right. And you're in your mm -hmm. process. And, you know, maybe that person will get to a different point in their lives down the road. But I think I have learned today when somebody says that to me to just say, you know, that's, that's your process. And yeah. I mean, I think a lot of people also, and this was another part of, um, of my view on forgiveness, was, as I mentioned before, I, I viewed it as a weakness. And I think a lot of people have also been there or maybe are still there, but also this idea of like, if you have this understanding or a relationship with forgiveness, that is like, if I forgive you, that means that I I'm saying what you did to me was okay. That feels like a huge, a huge betrayal of your own hurt. And for a lot of people, um, why are you going to betray this hurt that was so painful for you and caused you so much trauma and so much sadness and heartbreak and heartache? And why are you going to betray all of that pain and betray yourself? And so that idea for me, again, of, of saying like forgiveness isn't, isn't a betrayal of, of your hurt or your pain, but it's, it's an act of, of power and of saying like, you have this hurt and you, and this pain and it's still there and it's, it happened and you don't want to carry it into your life moving forward. So it was a, um, it was a big subject that came up in a lot of people's interviews was like, if I forgive, then am I saying that like all of this pain that happened to me and all this hurt that happened to me is okay. Yeah. And, and, and that's a, a confusing part of forgiveness is, is like, you know, why am I going to say that's okay? No, I need to continue to be pissed off every single day. And I need to be angry and I need yep. to fight every day. And, um, and I think that, you know, you can fight every single day, like you do. And you can also still say like, I want to, you know, move forward in my life and not have something that happened to me every single day, live, be the, the reason that I live my life, but not betray the hurt that you experienced in your past huge aha moment. Forgiving is not condoning what yes. happened to you. Huge aha moment. Bells are going off over here for me. <laughs> um, oh my gosh, this is so powerful. And, you know, I, I have chosen to sort of channel what happened to me in a way, um, that allows me to love myself mm -hmm. and live a life of, you know, freedom really mm -hmm. to me, forgiveness has been about freedom. And as Elizabeth smart said, self-love, but at the same time doing that dance of not, you know, condoning or feeling like I'm letting that person off the hook. It's about taking my power back instead of giving the perpetrator of the, you know, injustice, more power. Um, mm -hmm. aha moment, right? That is so big for me. Thank you for that. That's just <laughs> like, what? <laughs> oh, good. This is so good. So my very last question for you, you've been so insanely generous with your time and your insights. My last question for you is sort of how do you do it all? And I'm going to relate this back to forgiveness. Give me a second. <laughs> 
you know, adjusting to life as a new mom. I know when I had my first daughter, I felt like I got shot out of a cannon. Like it was the best experience, but also like you lose your footing a little bit about what you've, you know, sort of known to be true your whole life. This world sort of expands in the most beautiful way, Mm -hmm. but it's a lot. Um, and then you're working, you're a wife, a sister, a daughter, an author, you know, the host of BDA baby, which by the way, like your product recommendations are (laughs) legit. I had gotten rid of all my baby stuff after my first. And so I'm like rebuying. So I have like my little bouncer that Catherine recommended my little like <laughs> germ thing that Catherine recommended. Like I have all the recommendations. If you saw my exactly. house, you'd think I'm a total creeper weirdo because no, I mean, you- these things that I, I, I literally like, I'm a full 100% authentic buyer of all these baby things. And the whole baby gear world is like fascinating to me. Yeah. So I'm thrilled that you're also enjoying the one. I'm your number one fan and also your beauty product. This is totally off the topic, but your beauty recommendations, you would be weirded out looking at my products because I'm like, oh, that looks so cute. Her makeup is for that. Like I'm into it. So keep putting that stuff up there. Um, But is there some sort of a mantra or a way that you sort of wake up every day with all these balls that you're juggling and you know, you have a mantra or some words that you live by. And and the way I relate this back to forgiveness is I a hundred percent of the time feel like I'm dropping balls. Like I have a newborn, I guess I can't call her a newborn anymore. She's seven months old. Um, I have a five and a half year old. I work, you know, full-time jobs. I travel for work. I'm doing, you know, the podcast and media all the time. I constantly feel like I'm never doing anything really well. I'm just sort of doing it all. Um, Mm -hmm. And so I think about self-forgiveness, right? I feel Mm -hmm. like I'm constantly dropping balls. How do I forgive myself? And and are there any words of wisdom you have as a working mom juggling all these millions of things that you live by um, that help you sort of do it all? I mean, I would be lying to you if I said that I didn't have days of being so overwhelmed. Like I, there are plenty of times where I'm just like, oh my gosh, this is like, I, I've put a lot on my plate. And also I think if you're of the mindset of like, you know, um, kind of a type a personality of planning everything, having everything, and then welcome to motherhood, things don't go in as you've planned them. And, you know, you might intend to be somewhere at two o'clock and, you're there at two 45 and it is what it is. That's like, you know, there, you have to kind of let those things go a little bit. I think a lot of the time when I get overwhelmed by, you know, uh, whether it's work stuff or mom stuff, or, um, you know, their sibling stuff, daughter, wife, like they're, you know, different roles and, and things that I want to do really well. I try to just like pause and take a deep breath. And then I, a lot of the time just, I honestly <laughs> think I'm like, what would Maria do? Like, I always just try to think of my mom. I'm like my mom, like, cause I look at my mom, especially like with, I have a stepson and, I, and my daughter and I'm like, she had four little kids all under the age of eight and a full-time job on television. And, and, you know, a husband who had a career of his own and a household and, you know, her parents and her siblings and friends and family. And, uh, and she, 
when I was younger, I looked at her and I was like, she's done this with such grace and ease. Like I looked at my mom when she growing up and even today, and I'm like, just make it look so easy. And then she tells me now as, as I'm a a, a new mom, I look back and I'm like, how do you do that? She's like, Oh, I was overwhelmed. (laughs) Like I was really overwhelmed. And I'm like, that's such great news that I didn't even pick up on that when I was little. So I, I look a lot at that and I'm like, I, I try to, um, to think about like maybe what, what my mom would do not to compare myself to her. Um, because that I think, you know, is, is challenging for, uh, for people to compare themselves to their parents or other people. But I oftentimes just try to think, cause my mom, a lot of the time is, um, is all about having fun mm-hmm. and all about having fun in your life, having fun as a new mom, having fun as a wife, um, as a friend, as a daughter. And so I try to have the, that idea in my mind, a lot of like, how can I have more fun? And if things don't go as planned, it's okay. Um, and I also like, my mom will sometimes walk me through if I call her and I'm like stressed out about something and she'll like walk me through things. I'll say, if I can't do this, then, then this is going to be terrible. And then she's like, okay. And then what's going to happen? I'm like, and then this will happen. And then what's, and then you kind of walk through all these different steps and you realize like, it's all going to be okay. Like, you know, the house might look crazy stuff is going to be everywhere. It's not going to look the way it did before you had kids and maybe before your work wasn't as crazy, but it's, you know, it's going to be okay. And, um, and, uh, I recently just went on my first trip and I went with my mom and my mom, I was like, Oh my God, what about this? And what about that? And my mom's like, that's just, you know, it's going to be okay. She's like, I traveled with four children. It's going to be okay. I'm like, oh, right. Oh, right. Um, but I will, I will say that there is something and you had a, a baby in a pandemic as well. So there is a little bit of this, um, you know, becoming a, a mom or a, a mom second time in a pandemic that I don't think people can really relate to or tell you how to deal with that. Totally. Um, because there's, you know, it's just so different. I mean, I'm sure there's so, so much of, of you having a daughter in this pandemic was so different than when you had your first daughter. So, um, there is a little bit of that, that I think that you just kind of have to be really gentle with yourself in that. Um, and then all just knowing that, like, you know, there are so many things that as we go back to what we were talking about in the very beginning of living a life where we're compassionate and empathetic towards people, um, and their journeys. And it's like, you know, there's people are dealing with so much, uh, there's so much craziness. This past year has provided so much craziness, so much beauty, and also so much devastation to so many different people. And people are dealing with a lot. People are struggling a lot. People are juggling a lot of different roles. Um, and, uh, and I think really, if this year has taught us anything, it's really just, um, to not try to get so caught up in the fast paced craziness of it all, because life can change in the blink of an eye and, um, and really just trying to take moments in your day to, to pause and take a breath and, and really be grateful for what, uh, kind of what God has put in your life and what you have and all the amazing gifts that you have in your life. And again, also being totally fine with the fact that like, there are plenty of days where, you know, you'll feel overwhelmed. I feel overwhelmed. I feel like, Oh my God, I can't do this. This is going to be so crazy. And then, you know, you try again the next day and, uh, and it's, um, 
being gentle with yourself in that journey and also being able to have people in your life that love you and support you and make you laugh and make you have fun and, uh, and are there to help you out that I think is, is really important. Um, and it, it takes a village. My mom always said that to me growing up. And and I think now, um, I really know what, (laughs) what that means. I'm like, okay, I get it now. Like, we'll, we'll do it. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I feel like I've gone to therapy for the last hour, Catherine. Like this is so awesome. And like all roads lead back to what would Maria do? That's my new mantra. I need t-shirts made. Great. I know, right? What would Maria do? I should totally make those t-shirts. Like what would Maria do? I'm like, What I'm literally going to think that to myself the next time I have spit up all over me. Like my yeah. other daughter's like, mom, come play Uno. Like yeah. my phone's ringing. I'm late for a Zoom. What would Maria do? It's yeah. all going to be fine. All going to be fine. Have a laugh at the chaos, right? Yeah. And I love that idea of fun. Um, and I think, like you said, the pandemic was so difficult and so heavy in so many ways, but I also think it brought us right up to the mirror where we have to look at ourselves and our lives and make sort of, it slowed us down enough to start to make, I think, more conscious decisions about how we want to live our lives, what matters to us, what doesn't matter to us at all, you know, our busyness level, our values, just all the things. And so I, I have always been an optimistic sort of silver lining kind of person. Um, and I hope that the lessons we all learned during the pandemic are things, you know, that we can, we continue to carry forward um, yeah. with us for sure. Um, I want to thank you, my sweet, Aww. brilliant, adorable, <laughs> friend for doing this. It's, it's a, such a gift to me in so many ways, um, for you to take this time for me, for our listeners and to just be so generous. I can't thank you enough. And no, you're amazing. I hope you'll come back again. I'll be happy to new things and you want to teach us more things, <laughs> come back and share your beautiful wisdom. And I'll say the apple did not far fall far from the tree. Oh, um, thank when you. it comes to you and your mama, you are such a role model. And I've never said this publicly, but my baby daughter is named Catherine. I told you that when she was born, <laughs> but I've never said it publicly. And so here we are. But when I thought of that name, you obviously came to mind and I want to raise somebody with as much grace and class and beauty and intelligence as you have. So you, you totally, I mean, I also thank you for having me and for asking me to do this. And, um, I think all that you're doing is so incredible and you, you know, do so much to make the world's better place to help other people. And, to use things that have happened in your life to make a positive change. And so I think all that you're doing is, is heroic and courageous and, um, and requires so much strength and bravery. And you're such an amazing example to both of your daughters. So you're the, the most amazing girl mom, and you will raise two very strong little girls. I have no doubt about it. Oh my gosh. You hear, you heard it here first. I'm going to put this on replay when my daughter's 16 and giving me a hard time. I'm going to say, well, you heard it here first. Catherine Schwarzenegger Pratt said, 
<laughs> it's so Good. awesome. Well, girl mom to girl mom, I adore you. I thank you. Thank you. Um, and until our paths cross again over some wine or a margarita or something, <laughs> I appreciate you. Please check Catherine out on her Instagram at Catherine Schwarzenegger. And until next time, thank you for listening to Bar Fights and take care, my friends. Thank you for listening to Bar Fights with attorney Sarah Klein, taking on issues that matter. Please check out our website at barfightspodcast.com, Instagram at barfightspodcast, or Twitter at barfights underscore pod for the latest show updates and archives.